Marcia slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Watt looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Watt sets up Dodonov! Knights five, Blackhawks four! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Sneaking up on game five of the Eastern Conference Final, Colorado Avalanche waiting to see, will it be the Tampa Bay Lightning looking for a third straight championship or the New York Rangers into the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 2015. The winner tonight takes a 3-2 series lead. Uh, we've got some roster news to tell you about in just a little bit. Also, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and there is a long list of little nuggets uh, to pass your way, including a little bit more on Butch Cassidy, Bruce the former coach of the Boston Bruins, spoke to the media today for the first time since it came down that he would not return as the head coach of the original six club, the Boston Bruins. And there's some very interesting information coming out of that media availability. Darren Millard along with Chris Chapman. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Also want to know, uh, your idea of being a two-sport athlete, which events or sports would you participate in? I'm not buying Chris Chapman wanting to be a downhill skier and then some kind of track athlete. Those take too much work, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, especially the track athlete. So what sports would be your goal, your dream of becoming a two-sport athlete? Uh, something different, something fun. Uh, something out there, but uh, also have a, put a, a little bit of realism into it. We you also what, have you know some. What I would uh, not do what I would not do the luge. Well, that'd be easy. No, no, that is terrifying. Hmm. If you if you're a brake man, you don't even well, see. Well, that's that's the bobsled. The bobsled is not the luge. Oh, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be. I do, what about skeleton? Uh, I don't know. At first, it seems even scarier than going down feet first. I don't mind. I don't mind the uh, the bobsled luge track. I I do that it's, for sure. It's an event I'd love to go see in person. Why? Because it seems like it'd be so cool. But you got to be kidding? at the bottom. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be like uh, watching the Monaco Grand Prix. Other than being in Monaco, like you watch the whole race on TV because they go by boom. And then they're gone. I, I, I will say Boom. this. I think you lucked out by not having to go to Beijing. Boom. And they're gone. Looked like the worst. It was the worst Winter Olympics I, I, I can recall. It was terrible. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers ready to face off tonight in Game 5. Tampa rebounded both games at home after dropping the first two contests at Madison Square Garden. So all even. It's now a best of three. If you took a, a best of three, you'd say, ah, oh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think, could win that thing. Uh, but if a, in a short series, well, the underdogs got a, a chance if they can somehow pull out a win to start it. So you win game one of a best of three. 
Let's go. Uh, here's the the issue with both clubs is they're banged up. And Tim Speltz and I uh, talked about it a little bit in the first hour of the VGK Insider Show, the general manager of the Henderson Silver Knights. And uh, in the AHL, on the West, uh, you're looking at a sweep, a surprising sweep in this one between Chicago and Stockton. And in the National Hockey League in the West, the Colorado Avalanche routed the Edmonton Oilers via sweep. What uh, what makes that happen? Well, some injuries and key injuries to certain people. And that's what the New York Rangers are dealing with as the injuries start to mount more and more going along in this thing. And it's it, you're not missing as many players or key players as the Tampa Bay Lightning, but there's some real guys that are that are hampered. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning were hoping to actually get healthier tonight, but Braden Point will not play, will not play for a ninth straight game. And remember, he left the Game 7 against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the, in the first round, missed the entire second round, and has not played in any of the four games so far. Uh, it's a real bummer for Tampa Bay because he's been practicing the last few days but John Cooper said just moments ago he's he's not ready to go right now which is uh would have given them a boost uh point had progressed enough to to play and look uh, like he was going to play so he's a game time decision but uh, not ready to go just yet. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning is trying to keep things going and win their third straight, and uh, they've got some confidence. They they look like a different team. But that that crowd and that vibe at Madison Square Garden, that's doing something right now. And I'm not a big – like I, I think that there's certain environments that do impact a game, uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, uh, or or hockey, more so. F- football is just uh, it's a it's a gong show everywhere you go, more more or less. But in in those other sports, I think the environment can make a huge impact uh, on on the home team. In some cases, Vegas certainly. You hear people talk about how much the players or the coaches how much they love coming in here. In fact, I I had a coach a couple of years ago from uh, a team in the Central Division say that he would go back and he would talk to people within the organization on the game presentation staff and say, why can't you guys do what Vegas is doing? Give us that type of environment. We love going to Vegas because it just knocks uh, our socks off as far as excitement. And we're the visitors, and we're we're pumped up to play there. Uh, what the New York Rangers have going right now with that vibe and that crowd that is just unhinged at times. And what I love about it, they're, they're all in sweaters, in, in Ranger sweaters too. There's no suits in there at all. They're just fully engaged, and then they're playing the tunes, and they're singing along, and they're going. What bothers me is now that Tampa's been through it a couple of times, can they put that aside and the other part is, uh, and it was interesting, John Cooper said, the, the rest after sweeping their second-round series against Florida was welcomed. But it was a delayed benefit. He thought they were sluggish or not sharp at all in Game 1, 
and and certainly in game two. They they just weren't themselves. Game three, they scored a late goal, got some confidence, and were much better team in game four. John Cooper sounds like they're back within their system and playing the way he expects them to. And with Braden Point possibly back now in, in game six, uh, they're going to get better. We know it's going at least six. That delayed benefit that John Cooper alluded to from the sweep against the Florida should climax in the next couple of days. Well, they look like they found their game at the right. end of, of, of game three and certainly in game four. Game four was their best game that we've witnessed since the the second round against Florida. Yeah, I mean they they looked they looked like the defending Stanley Cup champion, two time defending Stanley Cup champion, I should say, in, in game four. I mean they they were by far and away the better team tonight. So now be, what happens? Is is it the home ice advantage of MSG and you've been there? Yeah. I've been there. It's wild. I it's love it. So cool. It's it's to be in there. I, I think everyone who's a hockey fan should make a trip to New York just to go see a game there because it's that cool. It still blows me away that the rink is on like the fifth floor. Yeah, but it's it's incredible. It is it is by far and away m- one of my favorite places to go see not just hockey but any sporting event because it's just got so much well, history it's, it's, and it's neat just to go. Yeah, but if the fans are engaged, yeah, well, yeah, it's and a muzzle when the Rangers like are anybody good. else. Yeah, so it, that that that's the thing. Like right now, everybody's engaged. Yes, and they're going, and they've got some magic happening at Madison Square Garden, but. Does that magic outweigh Tampa Bay hitting its stride coming off the rest and the rust? Or does the rest and the rust and feeling good? Because remember, the New York Rangers have gone seven games in the first two rounds. They have played the maximum amount of hockey in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They've lost the last two. It's not the the first time they've lost two in a row in these playoffs. They've been great at bouncing back from that type of adversity. But here's are they wilting? They've got a lot of players, more than a handful of players, banged up going into this one. The goaltender can only do so much when you're playing a team like Tampa that's talented and has grit. What wins out tonight? The atmosphere? pulling them along, or the team that feels good about themselves health-wise and fatigue-wise and talent-wise? I, I think Tampa wins tonight because I think the magic is cool and you've got the atmosphere, but Tampa's not Carolina. Tampa's not Pittsburgh. Tampa is a, a team that knows how to win. They know how to win under pressure. They're a team that Always seems to find a way to get the job done. No, they they they, they they're reinventing themselves. But and they're doing it with, without Braden Point, which no, which no. is really amazing. How did they win in the bubble uh, without Steven Stamkos? They were still a really talented. Team. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and they, in the words of, of uh, my buddy uh, on the on the podcast today, uh, they outskilled teams. Well, I think it goes easily. to to something that you've kind of hammered a little bit on this show. How good of a coach is John Cooper? Because I, I think we don't appreciate, and, and when I say we, I mean like the general hockey world, doesn't appreciate how good John Cooper is behind the bench. Because, I mean, like you said, they won in the bubble without Stamkos. What did he play, two and a half minutes, and he scored one goal in, in the entire bubble? But here's the thing. They they, they still outskilled teams 
in in the bubble. But yeah, even if it was Steve Stamkos, and and last year, Kucherov comes back, he's fresh, he was off the charts good, and, and they got great goaltending. But this year, they're not outskilling teams. They they aren't, and and if you if I'll be here all day to argue that they are not out skilling teams, they're out working teams, they're out grinding teams, they're they're making stuff happen in the corners and finding ways to win instead of playing sweetheart hockey and and dancing around things. Still scoring some nice goals, but they're they're in a much different position, and that's the difference between this team and the last two teams is they can put their work boots on and they can get right in the trenches with you. Yeah, and I think it kind of it kind of lends credence to some of those guys that maybe we we don't give the credit to on their bottom six. Guys like Belmar, Pat Maroon, right? We just talked about him. Um Ross Colton is a guy who who always seems to show up in big moments for them and 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 Nick Paul, he had the two goal game against Toronto. I mean, these are guys who aren't exactly superstar players, but they're guys who are going to work hard. Like you said, they're going to get dirty. They're going to grit it up a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's fun to watch Tem- Tampa play different styles of hockey and win games. Like, they're they're going for a third straight championship. And I don't think that this is the best of the three teams. No, I think you can make that case. Probably year two. Yeah, last year's team was Year, year one was missing Stamkos. Year two was... Like it, it wasn't even close. That that championship series against uh, Montreal was it was academic. Yeah, it was, it was, was varsity Montreal, against Jamie. Yeah. Now they they had a great series against Florida last year, but that that's about it. this year. They had to pull out every trick in the book to win games six and seven against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto's a better team. Yes, they're more talented. I think so. More, uh, with all due respect, they're more skilled than Tampa Bay is right now. They, Toronto would love some of the grit, grind, and determination that Tampa Bay has, uh, and and desire. And I think Florida is a lot like Tampa was a couple of years ago. A lot of skill, and missing that extra element. And Tampa used that in in every advantage that they could. In sweeping Florida, and now, as as the Rangers suffer some injuries, and are becoming fatigued, Tampa's got that confidence going, and they're they're ready to to fly. I I love, I would love to see, with no disrespect to the New York Rangers, I would love to see Tampa and Colorado play in the Stanley Cup final. I think because, because I think that it would be as. Cl- it would compare a lot to Edmonton and the anticipation of Edmonton and Colorado. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right because I think that's the series that we all want to see. I mean, it, it would be cool because if Colorado is able to win that series, they they earn it by beating the champs, not to say that they wouldn't have earned it otherwise, but I think it has a little bit of a different feel if you're the team that, that prevents Tampa from winning three in a row. I think if Tampa does it, you're looking at the historical aspect of of a team winning three straight, which is even more crazy because it's in the salary cap era and free agency era. So, so I think that that kind of puts Tampa in a, in a different historical context than some of these other teams. But you're not suggesting that Tampa or, or Colorado would rather play Tampa. No, no, I I think Colorado would rather play the Rangers because I yeah. think that that 
that's probably a team that they feel that they're better than. Like an idea, the idea that they want to play Tampa because they want to go through the two-time defending no, champions. No, that's, that's Chapman win. talk. That's not yeah. that's not Nathan McKinnon talk. That's Chapman talk. Because I, I want the easiest road possible. Well, I think everyone does. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what what we're doing, right? We want to take the easy road if we can, if it's going to get us to the same place. But I think for for geeks like me, the idea that they would be the team to to, to prevent. Tampa from winning three straight, I, I think that makes them a little bit, puts them in a little bit of a different historical light than if they they beat the Rangers. People say, yeah, they beat the Rangers. The Rangers were probably a little bit lucky to get there. They beat Tampa. People will start to talk about, well, how real, how good was this team because they beat the best when they won their then they won their cup. I think they want the Rangers. I think, I mean, I don't blame them. I'd want the Rangers too. I want Detroit. <laughs> Give me Ottawa. <laughs> totally. Well, be careful what you wish for, because I know a lot of Vegas fans were, were rooting for Montreal last year, and that, true that. But I, I, I think Colorado is is. But there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, I, I don't blame I'm fans one you, bit. You, not, it's not a guarantee, but there's nothing wrong with wanting the the lesser of two opponents. Yeah, no, of course. And how many teams are rooting for St. Peter's in the NCAA tournament? Oh, we want this 15 seed. Well, guess what? <laughs> but I think if you're if you're a fan, it's just normal to to want the the team that's perceived to be an easier opponent. I I I think that's clearly under, as a, as a sports fan, anytime my team's in the playoffs, which is very rare unfortunately, uh you you root for the Patriots to lose in the first round because you don't want to play them. Let's see how much uh, Adam Fox is affected by the other night. He was a dash three, yeah. and he is a huge part of that Rangers blue line and the Rangers offense transition, getting it done up the ice. Uh, massive uh, confidence uh, goes into that, being able to make those plays, being aggressive. Does does he fall back? Does he change his game at all, or is he affected by any of the being minus three in in the best performance by the Tampa Bay Lightning the other night. That's going to be fascinating. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have already hit a post in this game too, uh, already in in game number five. I, I'm I'm with you. I think Tampa Bay wins this series. Uh, I certainly think that uh, Tampa Bay is prime for uh, be able to step on the gas and away you go, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I hope we get the opportunity to see the Tampa Bay Lightning in another championship series. It uh, it would be fun and and different and something uh, odd to, to look at and, and mark in your calendar. We're going to take a break. When we continue, uh, two sport athletes, what do you want to be? Send us the tweet, uh, at Darren Millard or Magnum702. And is it really a curse when you win the regular season of the National Hockey League and not able to capitalize on that? and win the Stanley Cup, because it sure seems like it, or is it just overconfidence? How do you describe it? We've got a couple of tweets coming in. Uh, looking forward to more responses on the VGK Insider Sport uh, Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Got some uh, Twitter reaction coming your way in just a little bit. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Let's uh, check it out. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, my friend Butch, Boston Bruins head coach. No more. Let go earlier this week. Met with the media today to discuss the recent decision by 
Cam Neely and Don Sweeney and said that uh, he's he's feeling it. He like that one that one hurt him. Uh, he's very much cared about the organization and he does want to coach again next season. Quoted as saying, "This is what I do." When asked if he would coach in the National Hockey League next season, should an opportunity present itself, he has one more year left on his deal with Boston at three million dollars. I think if he coaches next year, he gets a raise, and I think he does coach next year, so he is going to get a raise. But uh, where he coaches is going to be up in the air because I think everybody wants him to coach. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer that he's going to be coaching somewhere next year. So he's already been contacted by teams. I don't know who, but I do know it's been confirmed that Bruce Cassidy has already talked to a number of teams. That's fast. I thought there'd be more of a Okay, wait, let the dust settle. Maybe five days? I don't know. I don't know what the right time limit is. But Bruce Cassidy has already talked to a number of teams. And he's been linked to Philadelphia. Uh, and I would assume that everybody else with a vacancy would do the due diligence and reach out to him. I'd hope he doesn't end up in Philadelphia. I'd hope he, he, he ends up on a contender. Because Philadelphia is not anywhere close to being a contender. Uh, I'm going to just tell you this part. I believe Philadelphia has talked to like 40 people. <laughs> in, the, in the different folks that I've bandied about coaching vacancies with, like Philadelphia has talked to everybody. And if there's anything I can tell you about Philadelphia having grown up just a hop, skip, and jump away from Philadelphia. The guys in Philly who do what we do, they they can find fault in all 40 of those guys that they've spoken to. Yeah. Some, and they some will. Guys, some guys are former head coaches. Some guys aren't. Like The interesting thing about Bruce Cassidy, when, when he was hired to replace Claude Julian, he was, an assist, he was a, a, a head coach of Providence and was promoted up. He was not the front-running contender to take over that job. He was promoted from within. It was a second head coaching job. And then he turned it into something. So I'm wondering, of all these vacancies, Vegas included, who goes with the establishment? And there is three that separate themselves from the rest right now in Barry Trotz, Bruce Cassidy, and, and Pete DeBoer. And who goes with the assistant? goes that route or goes with uh, somebody that's not front and center like like Bruce Cassidy was he was a head coach in the American Hockey League but he was not being trumpeted as you gotta go out and get this guy for for the Boston Bruins job and he won a couple of President's Trophies and then uh, got to a, a Stanley Cup final. Uh, you guys know, are aware of a UFA forward Philip Forsberg, he started negotiations again with the Nashville Predators. Don't know uh, whether or not they've put a time limit on it, but I'm hearing more and more that both Nashville and Calgary are having their conversations with their high-profile, unrestricted free agents in Johnny Gaudreau and Philip Forsberg. If these don't make big progress in the next 
I'll say two weeks because we're we're sneaking up on the National Hockey League draft in July. Somebody's going to either one or both teams are going to trade them uh, their negotiating rights and see if uh, somebody else can get a, a deal done. They're, they're not going down to the wire. Calgary's not losing Johnny Gaudreau for absolutely nothing, and Philip Forsberg, same thing. I, I, I think that there'll be some kind of transaction there. And it's, it's funny, both have been linked to Eastern Conference teams. So we'll see if, uh, if that happens. Evander Kane doesn't have a deal yet. I don't know whether there's been negotiations happen at this point, but he got a big vote of confidence today from Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Huge vote of confidence. Uh, we had uh, somebody like uh, Connor McDavid saying like he's been really valuable, and Leon Dreisaitl talking about the huge impact that uh, that he had in the team. When your two best players, two MVPs, are saying that, do you not have to get a deal done somehow? Yeah, I mean, those two guys are your franchise, and, and I think – the fact that they're they're speaking up on behalf of Evander Kane says a lot about the impact that he made on that team. I think he stays in Edmonton. I really do. I think it just makes sense. It, it sound it seems like if he found the home there, he's well liked by the guys he's playing with, which I know is not something that's been part of his career trajectory. But I I don't know. I mean, it, it just makes a lot of sense from the Oilers' perspective to keep him around, and especially with those two guys speaking up and saying, "Hey, we want this guy to stay here." I think the Oilers got to get a deal done. Seems simple. Now, of course, that I'm, doesn't I'm, mean it uh, will be. <laughs> term term is still a, a sticking point for me uh, on that front. What do you think he gets, like year wise? I'm not going any more than two. Yeah, I think I think I'm in that ballpark. It's like he hasn't he he I he's got to earn a little bit more trust from me. Yeah, and and if I'm a Vander and somebody offers me four, I'm jumping else, on it. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, I I, I know that uh, that he fit in well there, but somebody offers me four, and I don't, I still don't know what's going on with the termination. Well, that's the key. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, some uh, Twitter responses coming in, and Rita Holman says uh, our, our good uh, friend uh, Rita says the uh, overconfidence shouldn't get the credit. It should uh, it should be spiritual, the ghosts. For uh, teams that have not been unable to capitalize uh, on winning the President's Trophy, you so and her the, just just have this wavelength that you guys connect on. She, she curses real when it comes to uh, no, I I don't agree. Yeah, with but the curse. You, you're in you're with the ghosts and, and the ghosts, old Montreal and ghosts can't get all the credit. <laughs> only, only some of it. <laughs> Rita Rita uh, says that that it's a curse why teams are are unable to win the President's Trophy in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Ticket prices have been released for the Stanley Cup final for Colorado because they're the only team in it right now. And these are reasonable. I, I, I'm i surprised. I thought they would be higher. The most expensive ticket that I've been able to track down is $605 a night. That's not bad. Yeah. Now that's 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 right from the Avalanche. The yeah, that's not resale market, market, yeah. It's... It's going to work. The cheapest ticket to get into the Stanley Cup final, just to get in the building, $36. Now, I've never been to that building. I, I'm, I'm going to assume you have. Yeah. How, how is it? Like, is it, is it a pretty large building? Or is it's it, a is big it, building. It's a it, good building. Yeah. So, so that's definitely reasonable then. 75 yeah. bucks. 
I mean, you're not getting you're not getting in a suite for yeah, yeah. Bucks. Well, I mean, you're, you, who cares? You're in the building, and you're you're at one of the games in the Stanley Cup Final, so uh, you're witnessing history, which which is obviously cool. You want to be part of that? Seventy five yeah. bucks is not bad. I'm not even sure you can see the ice for for, for thirty six <laughs> bucks, but uh, that's that's pretty cool. So it goes from thirty six bucks all the way up to six oh five. Now on the secondary market, that thirty six buck ticket. That's probably two hundred and fifty. Probably. I always wonder how that They haven't been in the final since two thousand two. Yeah, been a while. Get going on that. That's uh, that's going to be good. Uh, on the coaching uh, front, a couple of other names that uh, that I've heard about. Uh, one is Luke Richardson, former defenseman in the uh, National Hockey League. He did a really good job uh, with Montreal All when uh, when he took over. Uh, from Dominic Ducharme when he was unavailable for COVID. Uh, they, they really liked uh, what, he, what he did there. Uh, he's well thought of. Uh, he's been connected to the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I go back. <laughs> I'm not making this up about that, that Philadelphia seems to have uh, a lot going on. And another guy out there who's who's uh, making some, some news is Ulf Samuelson. Remember Ulfie? I do, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, he had a brother. He's uh, well. He's the defenseman that uh, that seemed to knock everybody down. Yeah, he was. A, he yeah, was he a was beast. not. Uh, yeah, Cam Neely doesn't allow. Him. I know. I know. Ulf isn't going to coach in Boston. That that's <laughs> one I, I, I know for sure. But uh, Ulfie was an assistant coach with Florida uh, the last little while, and he's been. I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job, but uh, he's certainly a uh, coveted guy when it comes to the assistant. I wouldn't be surprised if Ulf Samuelson uh, ended up coaching. In a place like Vancouver, just uh, just to help things out, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. This is really fascinating. So they traded Brandon Hagel to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and remember Jonathan Taves was really upset about that. Yes, like what what are we doing? Like uh, he's he's twenty three years old. He's got term left. Like he should be the guy that we hang on to. Well, apparently there's a plan in place here. Because Brandon Hagel, at 23 years old, with term, might be just the tip of the iceberg. Alex DeBrinkett, he's just awesome. So electric. Uh, watching him here at T-Mobile, uh, the, the chemistry that he has with Patrick Kane, uh, Dylan Strom, uh, outstanding. Uh, doesn't sound like Strom's going to be back. And it is also being reported. Now, this is uh, just a report that it's not... If, but when, Alex DeBrinkett will be traded. And there's uh, a little bit of term left, and he can turn things around. Now, the big part about this is uh, he's got uh, a year left on his, on his deal. He's structured. He's going to be owed $9 million uh, coming up in salary arbitration. Now, that's huge, the way his, his contract is structured. Now, if he's owed $9 million this season, but his cap hit is just 6.4, that means his qualifying offer at the end of it is going to be $9 million. If you're rebuilding, it's I have a hard time thinking that, that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to qualify somebody at $9 million. So they'll probably trade him sooner than later because they don't pay the $9 million in the salary, and they don't have to qualify him to brink it. I never would have thought Debrinket would be available, but he just might be. Now you got to have deep pockets or salary cap space to be able to afford him. Uh, 
That's unbelievable. Yeah. The, the, guy, the guy has got 307 points in 368 career NHL games, scored 41 goals last season, was Dr. an all-star. Dr. Google. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his hockey reference page. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who was a second-round pick not too long ago. Why would you not want to build your team around that guy? Like, how long is your rebuild going to last? Jeez. Uh, I mean, look, they, they, they won their three cups. I guess they're going to go back to, to being a team of misery now for the next 50 years because that seems like how long it's going to be before they're relevant again. If he's traded, look out. This is the last year for Taves and Kane. Yeah, that those the and fans they may get there through, they may get be... through this year with their contracts, their high paying contracts, because may, maybe there's not enough room and others uh, they don't want to take the chance uh, to give up assets and pay, pay the ten million dollars for a couple of uh, aging superstars. But after the contracts are done, goodbye. Especially Kane, who still really got it. And I was really happy to see Jonathan Taves come back. Uh, New York Islanders made the coaching change. Barry Trotz uh, out for his assistant, Lane Lambert. Well, there's been more fallout on the island as all the assistants uh, have been let go. John Gruden and Jim Hiller have been relieved of their duties. Here's, here's one interesting thing to keep track of. The goaltending coach, Mitch Korn, has been with Barry Trotz forever. In Nashville... In Washington and Long Island, like he's he's one of those a lifer goalie coach. He's savantish, and he does a great job everywhere he goes with goaltending. He's so well thought of in the goaltending circuit. Uh, he's still listed as part of the New York Islanders. I'm a little surprised at that because I would think wherever Barry goes, Mitch Corn will end up, and wherever he goes, that team will will. Ask for permission. I don't know whether Lou will let him go, but I, I think that uh, they'll go down that path. Now, on the goaltending front, uh, Steve Briere is the goaltending coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was until today. Ooh. The Toronto Maple Leafs have made a change with their goaltending department. They, they, they're still trying to, I believe, negotiate with Jack Campbell, try and bring him back. I, I don't know whether where that's gone in the last 36 hours. But given what's happened on the goaltending in Toronto, Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell, uh, I'm a little surprised that they've gone down this path. But they're going to uh, do some bigger research <laughs> into it. Uh, it was it was one of the weirder tweets that I've actually seen in a while uh, regarding uh, a, a change. I'll read it to you. Uh, the Leafs are parting ways with goaltending coach Steve Briere and intend to do an analysis of that department while conducting a search for his replacement. <laughs> that sounds think, like... Think, <laughs> that, that's right up there with the director of hockey strategy. We're going to do analysis <laughs> of that department <laughs> as we seek the replacement. I love it. That's hysterical. It doesn't make... It, it sounds like something in, in, like, data would tell you, right? Like, yeah. we, need, we need you to do some analysis on these reports on why our uh, stocks aren't doing so well. Yeah. But, yeah. It always seems to be with Toronto that these weird quotes uh, come out. So uh, there's uh, there's a couple of notes uh, on the goaltending front. Uh, one one other juicy topic, and this this isn't really to do with transactions or the coaching front, but do you remember when Oscar Sundquist, member of the St. Louis Blues, uh, was drilled by Tom Wilson yes. going across the ice? Like it was a nasty, nasty hit. Well, Oscar Sundquist was on the uh, the Cam and Strick podcast. I uh, listened to that one after the Chirp podcast. Uh, it's some some good stuff uh, with my buddy Cam, and uh, 
and Strickland. So, so Oscar was asked if if he ever talked to Tom Wilson about that. He said, "Yeah, they 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 had some uh, correspondence, and and they certainly talked the first time that they played each other before that." And and Tom Wilson reached out to him and and uh, offered uh, his support. But here's the really cool part: is Oscar Sundquist when he came back from the injury, and he was drilled coming across the middle, uh, lined up for one of his first games back, and he lined up against the Minnesota Wilds' Marcus Foligno. The game was St. Louis and, and Minnesota. And Marcus Foligno looked at him and said, bad hit, didn't like it, I'm going to get him. <laughs> so this is a third party <laughs> saying, I'm going to fight him for you because I don't like the hit. So Oscar is watching in a, a couple of days later as Minnesota played the Washington Capitals. And what happens? Marcus Foligno goes toe-to-toe with Tom Wilson because he didn't like the hit of Oscar Sundquist, who wasn't even his teammate at the time. That's pretty cool. Who knew that Marcus Foligno was the hero we all needed, right? I love I, – I think Marcus Foligno is awesome. Like, he, he's, uh, he can play any way you want. But I didn't know he was the conscience of the league. Right. You know what? Good for him. Yeah. That, I, I thought that was uh, the most uh, interesting, fascinating thing. Uh, that I read today. I, I will say this about Sunquist. I am glad he is no longer a member of the St. Louis Blues because every time the Blues came to the building here and he was on that team, boy, he was really good. He He's like on that all-time VGK killer list because he was always scoring goals against Golden Knights with the Blues. So hopefully it doesn't translate now that he's no longer a member of the Blues. So we got a... a- and uh, talking about uh, two-sport uh, athletes uh, and, and somebody saying that they would like to be what? Swimming? The 4 by 4 relay? Okay. And the four-person bobsled? Four-person. Uh, that's from Rita. Ah. Yeah, the bobsled would be would be cool. Luge, skeleton, I'm not I'm not doing that. Swimming, the 4 by 4 relay. Yeah. Uh, you know why that's good? You hook up with Three other really fast people. Yeah. So if you're and the bobsled, you can you can just as long as you keep up in the pushing part, you should be okay. Yeah, it's just you drive to. If you're placed two or three, where you don't have to brake or drive, that's an awesome spot to be. Yeah. Plus, when if if it flips, you're probably not the guy who's going to get the the worst of it. If a bobsled flips, it's not that big of a deal. I I always think of cool runnings. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was a good. Uh, that was a good show. <laughs> there was a lot of wipeouts this year in the uh, the track in Beijing. So you would go track and field. Yes. And downhill skiing. Yes, downhill, downhill skier. That's so weird. You know who? You know who was awesome as a skier? Alberto, Alberto Tomba. Tomba. Oh my yeah. gosh, the the guy the guy was the best. You know who was a, a good friend of Alberto Tomba? Well, I don't know whether a good friend, but uh, met Alberto Tomba a bunch of times. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights goalie coach Mike Rosani. Well, they were he, both Italian he was Italian Olympians, and, yes. Yeah. So he would he would see Tama, and uh, that that dude could just own it. Ah, uh, he was. I. It was must watch television when he was skiing. Yeah, and he had so much flair, like he just uh, rocked and rolled off the course, uh, on the course, and he was colorful. Always wore really cool outfits when he was down going down down the mountain. He's a ladies' man too. I'm not surprised. 
we got uh, one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman, curious where that's going to go as we bring up the two-sport athlete thing. Danny Ainge was a member of the Toronto Blue Jays and then became uh, world champion in basketball. Uh, we got uh, Deion Sanders. we got Bo Jackson. I miss the two-sport athletes. I, I really do. Catching up with Chapman uh, on the way on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I'll keep with the Rangers lightning theme, and I'll include a uh, another famous Canadian in the, in the Catching Up with Chapman, but Justin Bieber. Maybe you're a fan, maybe you're not. But he is scheduled to have a concert at Madison Square Garden on June the 14th. Why is that relevant? Well, because if the Rangers Lightning Series goes seven games, Game 7 would also be scheduled at Madison Square Garden on June the 14th. However, the Beebs, he's going to have to reschedule his show if this game, if this series ends up going seven games because MSG has already said, Rangers take precedent. You're going to have to find another date to do your show, Justin. So... I'm kind of hoping it goes seven games only because I, I wanted to see what would have happened had had there been the conflict. That now I know the answer. Justin Bieber will have to reschedule. But I think you know just, that happens all the time. Yes, where there's yes, yes. And- well, you know, it's funny. There, years ago when, when I went to Winnipeg, there was a Shania Twain concert in yeah. between uh, games one and two of the Western Conference Final when Vegas played the Jets. And uh, I ended up in the rink by mistake because I, I went to the wrong facility thinking that that's where the golden knights are practicing and instead i saw shania twain's tour van and the guys were putting the stage together before the concert but uh yeah that that was not one of my finest moments in, in covering this team going to the wrong rink for vgk practice i uh, am surprised uh, that uh, more concerts aren't canceled but they they do try and move if they can take two days around it the National Hockey League will try and do that uh, and and because they know how valuable the income is for, for the teams. But uh, yeah. that's a situation where they're giving the Ranger press. And plus, Beebs is a big Leaf guy, so they're not giving him the satisfaction of bumping the New York Rangers. He'd probably be at the game. He'd probably be, be excited to see a game seven. Imagine though. that. Beebs gets his show canceled, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning, Lightning. win the game. <laughs> They beat him twice in one year. Yes. They beat the the Leafs in the in the first round, and then they force a cancellation and win a game. That would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so here for that. He he would feel <laughs> talk just about defeated. Yeah, yeah, stalked by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Fox Sports Las Vegas with the BGK Insider Show.